Ephesians chapter 4, we're just going to read one part of one verse. Be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. Some of your translations say, be angry and sin not. Father, have your way one more time. Lord, we're, many of us are going to be angry, but Lord, our anger is not going to determine our future because of how some people act around us in our present. Lord, let us forgive our past and move into our destiny. We give you the glory, honor, praise in Jesus' name. And all of us said, amen. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, are you angry? <laughs> then you may be seated. Be angry and do not sin. If you're here for the first time and you've come into our service and you weren't here the past few services, I want you to know you're here in the right place at the right time. Many of us here even come from a background of anger where when we've dealt with stuff, we kind of put in that disclosure attitude of, well, that's just how I was raised. That's all that I know. But I want you to know something. Anything you've learned, you can unlearn. And not only that, but just because it happened then doesn't mean it has to happen now. Just because your father was a drug addict doesn't mean you have to be one. Just because your mom was an alcoholic doesn't mean you have to be one. Doesn't mean that your house back then was full of rage, that your house now has to be full of rage. So if you're here this morning, I want you to know you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, with the right message Right, all right. Amen. It's right. Somebody say, all right. God is good. God is good. And all the time, your neighbor's good. Anger gets in the way sometimes. Now, if you were here the past couple of weeks, I just want to review that many times we talked about how passionate feelings and anger feelings are very similar. When you see somebody who's passionate, they kind of have that indignation of whatever it might be. We talk about people who go to football games, uh, baseball games. Matter of fact, if you're a Raider fan right now, I just want you to know the Raiders lost today. I'm just kidding. They haven't even played. I just wanna... But for some of you, you already got angry. What? No. But it's okay. Don't worry about it. Many of us Niner and Raider fans, we've been angry every season. Because they just don't win, right? They just can't win. And it's funny because you see a lot of different people, they get passionate. They get passionate about it. Now, there's one thing about passionate because passionate feelings embrace. Anger feelings escape. Passionate feelings embrace. Yes, all right. It was good. Oh, and, and if you've ever been to a championship game or a winning game, right, somebody scores a touchdown, it was a last minute, you know, last second. Yay, everybody, you start hugging people you've never met before in your life. Yay, we won. I don't know who you are. Yes, because you're happy. Yes, but when you're angry, don't talk to me, don't touch me, don't look at me, don't even breathe my same air. They're the exact same feelings. But when you don't know how to express them, one is embracing and the other is escaping. And we talked about that. And so we also talked about how when you understand the average IQ in America is 100. But when you get angry, you lose 25% of your IQ. Did you know that? In other words, you cannot make good decisions when you're angry. It's very difficult to do that. And if you lose 25% of your IQ... And 70 is what they call mental retardation, then you're that much closer to being mentally retarded. Matter of fact, some of you can look back at the situations in your life where you wish you could have changed and you have that moment of regret. If you're honest, some of you, you made that decision in anger, right? Oh, I, oh. But you look back at it now and go, man, I did lose a little bit of my IQ at that time. That exactly wasn't the greatest decision. See, the challenge in dealing with anger is I found that anger is a lot of times the second emotion. It's not the first emotion. It's the second one. But it's more easy to deal with anger than it is to deal with depression. It's a lot easier to deal with anger than it is to deal with being lonely. 
It's a lot easier to deal with. I could just, I'd rather just get mad. Matter of fact, a lot of times when you understand anger, because the Bible says be angry, go ahead and be angry, but don't turn your anger into madness. A lot of people get those mixed up. You know, I'm frustrated. Well, really, a lot of times, and people will even say, well, I'm not frustrated, you know, or I'm, I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated. Actually, frustration is the first emotion. Anger is the emotion that covers it, and people try to mask it with that. And so we talked about how we have anger problems, but a lot of people sometimes they think, well, they have a delusion. I don't have an anger problem, right? I don't deal with anger. That's what a lot of people says. But the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 20, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In other words, there is an anger that when you understand the indignation of it, that you will be able to direct it in the right place and at the right time. The Bible says to be angry, and we're going to talk about this in just a little bit. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the world get the best of you. How many of you, if you can be honest, you can raise your hand and say, you know what? The world at one time, it got the best of me. Raise your hand. Okay. All right. So we're good. We're, we're in the right place. At one time, but no more. Can I hear an amen? Another myth or another illusion that a lot of people say when it comes to anger is that, well, it's other people's fault. It's not my fault. It's their, I wouldn't be mad if it wasn't for them. Somebody once said, he who angers you conquers you. Don't blame other people. It's their fault. That's, a, that's why I'm mad. It's them. It's what they did to me. No, anger is a spirit, and the spirit is inside of you. You control that. And if you're not careful... Start blaming other people. It's their fault. They did this. A lot of people also say, well, when it comes to anger, I just, I just can't control my anger. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, fools give full vent to their anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. And if you were here last week, I talked about that. I talked about how you, you ever seen two people arguing, and they're just so mad, and oh, well, it's your fault, and you're in, you're in. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. Uh, hello? Oh, you can control your anger. You just don't want to. A lot of times, whenever it comes to anger, they'll throw it off or put it off on somebody who's weaker than them. The scary part is when parents do that to the children. And the Bible says that parents don't do that. Do not provoke. Do not, uh, uh, you know, uh, put your children to anger. Don't put them in that position. Well, I'm just, they need to listen to what I say. But if you're so angry, don't be surprised that when they grow up, that's how they talk to everyone else. Well, they need to listen to what I say. No, you don't have to listen. Prayerfully, what you're saying has some content that I would want to follow. That's why the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, I'm an example. Go ahead and watch me. If I'm not an example, don't listen to anything I say. So listen, as parents, you got to be an example in what you say and also what you do. Can I hear an amen? Also, another illusion that a lot of people say when it comes to anger is that, well, I just have to let it out. I just have to let it vent. I just got to vent, right? And I, I brought this, you know, soda right here, right? You, you ever gotten a, 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 a soda? You've shaken it, right? Shake it like a Polaroid picture, right? You ever? Right? And you ever done it? And you just, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to open it right now. Right? But you just get that and you're like, whoa, and these things are just like, you shake it, and you shake it, and you shake it, and you say, man, but you know that once you open it, it's not going to be very good when it comes out, right? I mean, when I was a kid, I used to throw soda cans up in the air, right? I just used to do that, and then I used to give them to people. That's cold, huh? God was dealing with my anger back then. I used to throw them up in the air because people would get me mad for some stuff, and i go, man, have you, have you guys ever tried that before? Ever did? Who's, who's ever done that before, throwing soda cans up in the air and then handing them to people? Oh, I'm the only one. Okay, Pastor Daryl, I don't feel so bad. All right. So we both have issues. Amen. Right? We throw them up in the air and we catch them and they go, oh, hey, uh, thirsty? That's cold, huh? We're going to talk about that too. We're going to talk about are you the one that is contaminating people all, all around you? And also another thing, 
that people say when it comes to anger is that, well, I just have to talk it out with somebody. If I just let somebody know, it's going to help me. And we talked about how that's partially true if you're going to deal with it in a calm manner. But if you're going to just vent out your anger just so you can get somebody else in your same boat with you or in your same vehicle of anger, you better be very careful because if you're going to drive that uh, car called anger, you are heading down a destructive path. Somebody said gossip and anger are like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. You got to be very careful when it comes to anger. So if the Bible says be angry but do not sin, then how should I express my anger? Right? Now let's talk about that. How should I express my anger? If I'm angry and I'm so upset, how should I express it? Now, in just a little bit, I have this in my notes. I put this in my notes. I'm going to share with you something that happened with me. I will. And I'm going to share something that happened with me just two days ago. Just happened. It's crazy. Okay, let's get back. Are you guys ready? All right. The first thing when it comes to anger, how can I express my anger? Number one, in order to express it, you must assess it. In order to express it, you must assess it. In other words, if you haven't learned how to measure or gauge your anger, you very well may not be able to direct that anger. If you're not looking at it in the right place or measuring it, think of it like this in the terms of those that know how to cook. Those of you that cook, when it comes to certain ingredients, you can't just look at the ingredient and go, oh, I love this ingredient. Let's just throw it all in there. No, you have to put a little bit of this. You got to put a little bit of that, and you put a little bit of this, and you put a little bit of that. One time I was making a cinnamon toast for me because I heard about cinnamon toast. I said, man, that sounds great. So I started putting the bread on there, and I love cinnamon. So guess what I did? I put a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit more cinnamon, and a lot more sugar, and a lot more, because to me, I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. I love cinnamon. I love sugar. It only makes sense, right? And so I was putting it on there, putting it on there. I was cooking it. Like, yeah, this is going to be great. I put even more and even more. So when I was done, I remember I cut it, I bit it, and I go, oh, my gosh. I think it stuck to my mouth. It was horrible. Just because you love to get angry doesn't mean it's going to taste very well. I just, I'm going to express it. I just, people, no, no, no. You have to assess. No, it's okay to get angry. I understand you're upset, but you don't need a whole bunch of it. You don't need a whole lot of it. Matter of fact, it's not just you that need a lot of it. Your neighbors don't need a lot of it. Your family doesn't need a lot of it. You have to understand what it is. Now, when it comes to assessing or gauging, what I've learned is that if ever you're going to use anything, you must always test it. Somebody say test. If you were going to go from grade 1 to grade 2, if you were going to go from grade 10 to grade 11, you had to take a test. If you were going to understand in calming your anger, you must take a test to go from this place to that place. So I'm going to ask you a few questions to see are you assessing or do you really have an anger problem? Some of you right here right now say, well, I don't have an anger problem. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Are you ready? All right, I'm going to ask you a couple questions right here right now to kind of see and assess and gauge if you have an anger problem. You can write them down or you could just listen and answer it to yourself. The first question is, would you or others describe yourself as being an unstable person? Would you describe yourself as being unstable? Number two, do you like to get even with people? Don't say hallelujah to that one. <laughs> but when something happens to you, can, is it to where you just can't wait to get even with them? Or you can't wait for them to get what's coming to them? Remember, this is a spiritual test right here, a spiritual thing. When things happen, are you a... Cynical? Are you always cynical? In other words, you come and you're just very skeptical. You know, you just kind of look at everything. Well, you just really, I can't trust them. I can't, you know, they, they don't understand. I know I have, I have experience, but you're not understanding that experience has put you down into a place where you're always skeptical with everything and everyone. Can't trust anyone. 
Another question. Do you predominantly see other people's faults? Do you predominantly see other people's faults? In other words, when you walk into a room, do you just walk in and basically go, ugly, stupid, dumb, too skinny, too fluffy, too much, too mean, too the... When you walk in a room, do you assess right away, Matt, don't like her, don't like her, oh, he's okay, I don't like him, don't like him? When you walk into the room, is that your first inclination? Is it something that just happens? Right away. In other words, do you notice people's weaknesses over their strengths? Another question, how long is your fuse? You ever met people that they have other people that tell them, oh, man, don't get this guy angry. He gets angry like that. A short fuse, man, just always quick. One thing can set them off. Where are my keys? I can't find my keys, and you stole them. Oh, my gosh, the keys. Right? Have you ever, has this ever happened to you? Let's be honest. You go, where's my keys? Oh, they're in my hand. Where's my glasses? They're on your head. How long is your fuse? What is it that gets your boiling point boiling? How hot does the water have to get before it really gets you going? Another question. You can answer these yes or no in, in, in your spirit. Do you have a tendency to automatically be disrespectful no matter what? You're just disrespectful. It just comes out that way. I didn't mean to, but just, I don't know. It just, it's just there. Deal with it. Another question, how much compassion do you have when you hear about the brokenhearted people? When you hear about things like Hurricane Irma or Hurricane Harvey and Jose, all these different ones, are you the one that you watch the TV and go, oh, man, I feel bad for them? Or are you the one that watches the TV and go, well, they should have got out of there in the first place? Sounds funny, but I know a lot of people like that. Like, well, they shouldn't have been there. They should just move. You're just watching the news, man. Just calm down. Just be calm. And see, these are questions you really got to ask yourself and you got to look and be honest about. Another question is, do outrageous things happen when you get angry? In other words, when you get mad or upset, do all of a sudden, a couple days later, you have to live in a spirit of regret? Man, that should have never happened. Shouldn't have did that. Another question is, is it problematic to predict what will get you upset? In other words, you just have no idea what's going to get you upset. And people around, it's even scarier when people around you don't know if you're going to get upset. Have you ever been in an atmosphere like that where someone's not there and you know that they're on their way, but you don't want to do something because you know that, oh, man, if we do this, they're going to get upset. They go, oh, man, don't say that. Don't go there. Don't do this. Because, man, they're going to get upset. So you have to think about these things within your spirit. See, what I found is that a lot of anger problems come from the inability to assess anger properly and really gauge it. So the first thing, so you're probably asking, well, what should I do then? Number one, you know what you should do? You should be aware. Be aware of what it is. That's coming out of your spirit. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 says this. Pay close attention to your life and to your teaching. Pay, pay close attention to your life. In other words, take an evaluation of how you act and what comes out of your mouth. And then he says into your teaching. So here the Apostle Paul, what is happening here is in this portion of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it's the Apostle Paul talking to a young pastor. And he says, look it, I know you're spending a whole lot of time on your teaching or on your message, but I want you to also spend just as much time, if not more, on your character. And I can't tell you, just right here, I wish I could stay on this point. Because this point, I believe, matter of fact, I think I can write a book on this point alone. Just this point. 
Now you're probably saying, how? What do you, what do you mean, Pastor? Being a PK, I have seen so many different men and women come behind the pulpit with powerful, powerful, powerful teachings and preachings, and you go, man, that was a powerful message. And months later, because they couldn't get their anger under control, they're gone. They're gone. And so for those that are coming up, in the ranks and coming up in the teachings and the preachings and man you're a powerful preacher that's good you may have a powerful teaching or a powerful preaching but do you have a powerful character the apostle Paul says look pay close attention to your character pay close attention to who you are do an inward evaluation because if you do that everything else is going to fall into place Never delusion yourself for preaching with your mouth over preaching with your character. I'll say it again because she asked me to. Never delusion yourself for preaching with your mouth over preaching with your character. See, you and I must do some evaluation in ourselves before we can teach any of these things. You don't want to have blind control from the outside forces that don't belong. You must be aware. Be honest. Be aware of what is going on. Acknowledge it. Listen, yes, I have an anger problem, but how do I deal with it? You know what you must be able to do? Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Tell your neighbor, be cool. One of my favorite sayings from Nikki Cruz that my father used to always talk about is when he would say, my Jesus, he cool. My Jesus, he's cool. Do you remember the story of Jesus? And as he was teaching, the Bible says that there was an angry mob following him. You remember that? It's funny how there's still angry mobs today. Be careful. I'm going to talk about that. See, the reason why I'm talking about this, I've been watching all the news, and I look at some of these protests, and look at all this stuff, and, and I've shared this before. Listen, I'm all for, you know, marching for peace and marching for things that, you know, have a, a good cause and things like that. But when you start turning that marching into madness, you're assessing your anger in the wrong way. And the Bible says that there was a mob, and they followed Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus knew the thoughts of their heart. See, isn't that crazy? A lot of times when whenever we think of thoughts, we think the thoughts are here. When actually the thoughts are here. The Bible says that Jesus knew the thoughts of their heart. And they wanted to throw him off the ledge. The Bible says that he stopped and he actually just walked right through him. Says, fine. Hey, that's cool. I'm just going to walk right through. Why? Because my Jesus, he's cool. Even in the midst of haters, be cool. Even in the midst of people talking about you, be cool. Even in the midst of people just saying, you're never going to make it, you're never going to do it, and they're trying to angry. They're angry, so they're trying to get you angry. Guess what? Be cool. Be cool. Don't let their anger contaminate your spirit. Be cool. Somebody once said, if a small thing has the power to make you angry, what does that indicate about your size? If a small thing has the ability to get you angry, what does that say about you? Now, even as I read that, you know the first thing I thought of? Stubbing your toe against the bed. Has that ever happened to you? Happened to me the other day. Lights were off, and I was trying to get to my bed, and boom, oh! And it came out, my wife goes, what happened? I go, mm, 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 mm. let it cool. I'm cool. My Jesus, he cool. My Jesus, he cool. Jesus, he cool. You know, the crazy thing about it is that eventually the pain will go away. It's the anger that keeps the pain subsiding. Pain is only for a season. You're going to get pained. Somebody is going to do something to you. Just don't let the anger keep it there. Don't let that small thing say something about your size. Somebody also once said, before you give someone a piece of your mind, make sure that you can get by with what is left. Make sure you can get by with what is left. I told you I was going to tell you about an instance that happened to me, right? You guys want to hear it? 
Okay, you don't want to hear it. No big deal. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to know? I know Manny's probably he's smiling right now. I had an incident, incident just happened just on Friday. Manny was there with me, and actually uh, Brother Will. Uh, Brother Will was there with me as well. And there was something that happened, happened to me. Now, I'll, I'll give you the situation, and you can kind of assess how you would deal with it. But this, the situation that happened is, you know, I had somebody come to my house, and they were cussing at my wife. Get you mad already, huh? Look at that. You, you feel that, huh? Didn't you just feel that in your spirit right now? Got you, right? Whoa, whoa. All the husbands, even right away, they just went like 10 feet tall. Everybody just became Mike Tyson in the spirit right now. Right, because we have this thing in our mind. Ain't nobody going to say nothing to my kids or my wife, right? So I'll be honest with you. The same thing that you just felt when I said that is exactly how I felt. Okay, but let me tell you what happened. So he came and he did some things there in my house. So I went over to his house, knocked on the door. It was nice about it. Didn't, because believe me, in the spirit, I wanted to, get out of here. Do a, you know, David, who dare come against the God of Israel? You come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. That's what I wanted to do. Knocked, hey. So um, I heard, you know, something happened. He says, yes. I said, well, is everything okay? What's going on? And then he wanted to, went on to explain the situation to me. But this man likes to explain in a, um, how would you say, literal way. He walks out the house, comes out. Within a matter of 20 seconds, we're walking. He turns around, and he gets right up in my face. Right here. Right? They, they were there. Right here. And he starts cussing right at my face. Now, this is what I've learned. My, my father taught me this. He said, if ever you're in an argument and you start cussing, you lost. You lost the argument. So I'll be honest with you. Right then and there, his anger came, and guess what happened to me? I started getting angry. I'll be honest with you. I got angry. But you know what I kept remembering was the scripture. Be angry, but don't knock his teeth out. I'll be very honest with you. So we started, we had a conversation for an hour and a half outside till about 1130 at night. Going back and forth, talking. Now, I won't go over the whole situation with you, but I will say this. Was he cussing? Oh, yes. Was he yelling? Oh, yes. They were going, then even a woman came out and tried to, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, that, that. You know, live with him. And what's going on with this? And said, "Hold on, wait, 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 wait one second. Let's let's be cool." Then he said something that I'll definitely, I'll just say right now, the Lord had to forgive me after. No, I didn't do anything. However, when he said something that went a little bit beyond, kind of crossed the line. We'll just call it at that. He crossed the line. And he said something about the family. You know how when people say stuff about your family, you're like, oh, that's it. That's like You just find stuff that's in the alleyway. You just find stuff that's anywhere, and you're like, in the name of Jesus, he who was without sin cast the first stone. Well, I ain't got no sin right now, and I'm ready. But he said something that just crossed the line. And as soon as he said it, and they were there, I go, you know what? This conversation is done. I started walking away. I started walking away. And then I turned, and I'll be honest with you, I saw Manny. He wanted to stick up for me. And he really was. So he kind of got and he and he kind of got in him. He goes, hey, 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 it's my pastor. You saying stuff about my pastor and my pastor's wife. You got a problem? And I was like, oh boy, here we go. So I was the one. I went, hey, 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 uh, uh, 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I didn't say praise the Lord, but I just went, hey, hey. But that's how heated it got. This just happened to me on Friday. I'm not giving to you something that happened years ago. This just happened. And I'm like, hey, hey, but you could tell, you can feel when things got heated. And when things were getting heated, and all of a sudden, I just remember these scriptures that I've been preaching for weeks, been trying to live for months, and having my spirit for years. I just kept thinking of that scripture over and over and over. Only a fool gives full vent to their anger. Only a fool gives full vent to their anger. Be angry, but do not sin. And believe me, at that moment, see, we can all have a justification towards, well, I think it's justified. I mean, you should have heard what he just said. And I think if we're very honest, if I would have told more than half of you what he said, you would have very well went, yeah, I probably would have knocked him out too. No, I probably would have been okay. You know, Jesus would have forgiven you after. But I'll be very honest. I, I, I look at Manny, I go, man, I thank God he didn't do anything, even though he was in the home. Because right away you think, well, he's in the home. He could do it. It'd be okay. You could just give him, you know, two minutes of discipline and he'll be all right. <laughs> Everything in my spirit really wanted to, as we would say, take off. But that's what anger is. Anger is escape. Anger is just saying, I can't deal with this. I don't want this. This is done. I actually came back to the conversation, even though I said I was done. I actually came back, and I tried to be cool with him. I said, look, not only were we cool with him, and even Manny and Will, I was very surprised, to be honest. These men were men of character. Because even after, they were complaining about an issue that they couldn't carry some stuff. Even when this guy was yelling and screaming and cussing and getting very upset to where the whole neighborhood could hear. We still, and I say we because we were all in it together, even we even asked and we said, look, we understand how you feel. Would you like us to carry your groceries for you? Even still, and Manny was the one that offered. He goes, we'll carry it for you. Even though the guy got in Manny's face, I'll do it for you. It's fine. Well, what do you mean? I know you're mad because I understand that only a fool gives full vent to his anger. So I understand I'm not going to allow me to be as foolish as the foolishness that's in front of me. See, the problem is a lot of times we look at other foolishness and it gets contagious. And then, well, they were being foolish, so I get to be foolish. They were saying stupid stuff, so I get to say stupid stuff. Well, they were being dumb, so I get to be dumb. No, you don't. When it comes to being a man or woman of God, especially being a minister, that's why exactly Paul was telling uh, the, Timothy, he says, look, be cool. Do an evaluation of yourself. Be aware of where you're at. And this just happened to me. So I said, God, I know that you are real. I, you have to be real. Not just because of me, but because Manny did not knock that guy out. Praise the Lord for Manny right now. Give the Lord a hand for that. I'll be very honest. He did really good. Will couldn't do anything because he had a broken finger anyways. He would have just poked his eye out. <laughs> so be aware, be cool, and then also understand that you don't have to be waste management. You don't have to be waste management. In other words, not just with the venting on the outside, but turning your anger inward is just like the environmental problem of toxic waste. So you can put the stuff in the ground, but it doesn't mean that the problem went away. If you're not careful, what you bury today can kill the people in your future tomorrow. What you bury today can kill the people in your future tomorrow. Did you know that in the World War II, when the war was over, Winston Churchill, they had war rooms in Europe, all over Europe, particularly in France. They had a bunch of war rooms, and in these war rooms, there were bombs. When the war ended, guess what they did? They just up and left. Guess what they left? The bombs. 
Did you know that this is history? You can read it for yourself. All throughout the next few decades, there were bombs going off all over Europe. Even as recently as 1997, when they were building, now keep this in mind, that, you know, the war is over, nobody thinks about anything, there's new people, new people have been born, they're not thinking about all these different uh, stuff that's happening, they just want to build. So in 1997, 13 bombs went off, or excuse me, 11 bombs went off in France, killing 13 people from bombs that happened in World War II. So in other words, just because you bury it doesn't mean that it's over. Well, I'm just going to put it here. It's okay. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to deal with it. As long as I, you know, just kind of put it away, I put it under the rug, just sweep it under the rug, it'll be just fine. No, my friend, you could sweep it under the rug. All you're doing is you're just giving a big old bump to the rug. It's still there. And if you do not deal with it very carefully, this stuff that is underground or under your spirit, it eventually is going to leak. Anger will leak. See, the pressure from the inside, it builds up, and when it's open, it can damage a lot of people, much like the soda, right? If you get it and you shake it and you shake it, right, and all of a sudden, and you come and you... It was good, huh? It was empty. Sort of. But if you take this, oh, my God. I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to do that. But if you open this, that's a different story. Now, I could put this on the storage, and I could put it somewhere all I want. I could leave it there for a day, two days, three days, four days. Leave it however long I want, but eventually the next person who opens this is going to feel all of the pressure that I put on it. See, if you're not careful, you may think, well, I'm perfectly fine. I'm perfectly okay. But if you're not careful, even as a single, eventually the husband that you marry, he's going to feel all that rage. The wife that you marry is going to feel all that anger because you haven't dealt with it. And if you're not careful, that's the stuff that can happen. That's why you got to be aware of it and assess it and say, you know what? Yes, I have anger, but I got to deal with this thing. I'm not going to allow someone else to get me mad. I'm not going to have a short fuse just because I can't find my keys or where are my shoes or who did this or he said this or he did that. No, my friend, you got to be able to deal with it in a godly way. See, you must understand that many times anger becomes contagious. The book of Proverbs chapter 22 verse 24 and 25 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. I close with this. Have you ever been caught by a salesperson and they sold you something that you did not want to buy? You ever been caught by somebody? See, what you were caught by is you were caught by their passion. They're just passionate. Oh, man, you're gonna, this is going to be the greatest Coke can you've ever had in your life. This is the greatest one. I got it directly from the Coke owner himself. You were going to love this. And you ever had those salespeople? I mean, they're just passionate, right? It's got passion. Oh, man, they just, they're so good at what they do. They're so good. You don't even care about the product. You're just like, man, he's so good. I'm going to buy 10 of those. Man, she's so good. Man, I don't even know why I'm buying this. But, man, I didn't even, I didn't even know I needed a chamois. But I need a chamois now. Oh, you guys remember that guy on the infomercial? Right now, order now, and you can get a sham wow right now for the price of one. We'll give you ten. They're like, I need ten shammies. See, coming to church and being caught in God's presence is the same thing. It changes your whole attitude. That's why when you come here. Right? You were at your house and you were feeling a certain way. But when you come in here, it changes your whole attitude. Why? Because you get caught in the passionate presence. You get caught up in it. Ah, oh, feels good. Oh, I love it. That is so good. 
See, anger is much like the same method. It does the same thing. It preys on your passion. It just takes you the other way. There's a story of Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin. True story. If you don't know who uh, Billy Martin is, he was a manager back in the uh, 60s and 70s of the New York Yankees. And in his book, he talks about what happened with him and Mickey Mantle back in the 60s. Mickey Mantle is one of the greatest baseball uh, hitters, switch hitters, if not the greatest switch hitter of all time. In the offseason, uh, Mickey took uh, Billy Martin and they went to a ranch in Texas. And when they went to a ranch in Texas, it was their friend's ranch. And the story goes that Billy Martin and, and Mickey Mantle, they had their shotguns and they wanted to go hunting on the ranch. So the story goes that as they went there, Mickey... Uh, had uh, Billy stayed in the car and Mickey went to the door to his friend's house and he said, hey, you know, I got, you know, Billy Martin here with me and, you know, he's out in the truck out over there and uh, we want to hunt on your ranch. Is that okay? And the rancher told him, well, he goes, I'll, I'll let you, but the thing is, out in the barn a couple miles down, I want you to uh, do a favor for me. He says, yeah, what do you need me to do? He says, I got a mule, and it's old, and I want you to kill it. Can you just shoot it in the head and get rid of this thing? I, I just haven't been able to do that. And Mickey, being a, he's a real nice guy, but he was like, well, I, I want to go and do this. I, I guess so. He goes, yeah, I, I guess I'll do it. So Mickey, he's at the door. The man closes the door, and he starts thinking. He's like, man got to kill this mule. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever tried to kill an animal, but you really have to work yourself up in order to do that. Like, it's not, you know, killing an animal is not exactly like playing a video game. All right, pew, pew. All right, turn it off. Like, no, you go. And so here's Mickey. He's got to kill a mule. Never killed a mule before. Mule is helpless. And, you know, I want a challenge. You know, it's kind of different. You know, you got a challenge, but. A mule? Man. So the story goes that Mickey starts walking away from the door, and he starts building up this, you know, deep-seated anger. He starts building it up, and he's like, man, okay, I got to right, kill this mule. I got to kill a mule. All right. Oh, man. Oh. So Mickey walks into the truck mad, upset, and Billy looks at him and goes, man, what's, what's wrong? He goes, oh. He goes, you know what? I'm just so mad right now. I'm just so angry. Oh, let's just go. We, we just got to go. And he starts driving. And Billy's like, well, what's wrong? What's going on? He goes, you know what? My friend, he just got me so upset right now. I'm so mad. You know what? Let's go over here and let's kill one of his animals. Let's kill it, man. We're, we're going to kill it right now. Come on, you with me? And Billy's like, hey, hey, man, just calm down, dude. It's okay. Like, I thought we were coming out here to, to, to hunt other animals. We got a mule. Like, what's the big deal? It's just a mule. He goes, nah, man. He got me mad. I'm going to kill this mule. Are you with me or what? Uh, man, just think about what you're saying. So the story goes that Mickey, he arrived at the barn. He got out. He got his shotgun, and he walked into the barn. Billy stood inside, uh, outside in the truck. Here goes Mickey. He goes inside. He takes the shotgun. And he sees the mule, and he's trying to build up this, this courage to do it. And he sees the mule, and he's like, ah, ah. And he gets ready, and he points the shotgun at the mule. And then all of a sudden, he hears two shotguns outside the barn. Boom, boom. Mickey kind of goes to and goes, what in the world? Mickey walks outside the barn. And he sees Billy with a shotgun, and he killed two cows. And he goes, Billy, what, what did you do? He goes, well, hey, man, if that guy's getting you mad, then he's getting me mad too. And we're going to show him he can't treat you like that. We're going to do it. Be careful who you contaminate. Be careful who you vent your anger out on. Well, I'm just saying, well, maybe you need to stop saying. If you're just saying. You're going to be very, very careful with this thing, this, this weapon called anger. As it comes to the piano here, 
The Bible says that only a fool gives full vent to their anger. Be angry, but sin not. Be careful when you get around foolish people, for they will ensnare you. There's a trap set when it comes to anger. There's a trap set, and if you're not careful, it can make you live a life of almost every season you will have a season or a place in your season of regret. I should have never did that. Should have never happened. Remember, you always reap what you sow. The world tries to call it and from another religion, karma. It's not karma. It's a harvest. It's a harvest. We talk about harvest with giving, but we're also talking about harvest with your spirit. Harvest with your attitude. Be cool. Believe me, I could have very easily, when this man came up in my face, and when he talks, I'll be honest, he spits when he talks. Ah, oh, it got on me. I said, oh, Jesus, help me right now. Be angry. But don't let your future have a present regret. Because where you go, man, I should have never did that. Well, assess it now. Look at your fuse now. How do you deal with things right now? How do things, when people come at you and they say certain things, how, how are you able to handle it now? The Bible says that the way that you judge others, you yourself will also be judged. We brought out that scripture in Matthew chapter 18. We talked about that. How the master gave over and he let him have it. He says, well, your judgment, okay, well, in the same way, you're going to be judged just like that. You're going to go ahead and judge other people on their actions, but judge yourself on your intentions, but you're going to get judged the same way. Be very careful how you do that. So that's why he says this. He says, look, if you're making wrong judgments, the best thing to do is just forgive them. Forgive them. That's why some of the most powerful words that were ever uttered in the scriptures were, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, you and I, we justify everything. We knew. They, they knew they were doing that. They did that on purpose. He said that on purpose. He did it on purpose. He went over there. Say so he did this. They did that. She said it. He said it on purpose. Well, this is the crazy thing. Even if they did do it on purpose, forgive them. But even if you're not sure, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. They're foolish. Can I be honest with you? That's why it was kind of fairly easy for me to handle that guy. Now, at the very beginning, it wasn't easy. I was like, "Where is this guy going to hit me right now? He's going to hit me. I really thought he was going to hit me. I'll be honest with you. I thought he was going to hit me in the face. But you know what really helped me is that I thought, well, he's a weakling anyways. Even if he does hit me, no big deal. He can hit me, but he can't hurt me. There's a lot of you that you know that you deal with things because you know you're going to get hurt, so you protect yourself. Well, I'm going to hurt her before she hurts me. I'm going to hurt him before he gets the best. You ain't getting the best of me. Uh-uh-uh. I'm going to do this first. I'll be the first one to kick you down. I'll be the first one to throw you down. I'll be the first one to throw you under the bus. Ain't nobody throwing me under the bus. Throw you. And the Bible says... Forgive them, even if they throw you under the bus, even if they spit in your face, even if they do that. Now, believe me, I understand we come from the hood. And the hood says, nah, man, you got to protect yourself. You got to protect yourself. No, the Bible says evaluate yourself. That's what it says. Evaluate yourself. Evaluate who you are. Look inside. Don't allow the foolishness of the world to get inside and contaminate you. Be careful with that. It can ruin your future. It can ruin your destiny. It could delay your promise. It happened with the Israelites. It delayed their promise. All because they wanted to be selfish. They wanted it all about them. They got their promise, but they were delayed 40 years. As a matter of fact, there was a whole generation, the Bible says, they didn't even get to walk into the promised land except for two people. You know what's crazy? Here's a leadership lesson for you. Even the leader of all the nation of Israel couldn't even get into the promise. And he was the leader. He couldn't do it. Sorry. Uh, these other two get to have it. They get to lead the people. 
So even if you're a leader, but I'm a leader, I get to say what I want. No, that's not necessarily true. And believe me, I've seen a lot of pastors, the way they treat their people. Now, I, believe me, I tried my best. I may not treat every single person here the, the best or the greatest, but I've, I've tried my best, as best as I could. And believe me, if I could have somebody come in my face, cuss at me, yell at me, and spit at me, and say some stupid stuff, and I mean stupid, about my family, I was not going to allow this momentary thing mess up everything that I've built Mess up everything that God has given me. I'm not going to do that. So you got to think about these things. you got to think about what God has given you. And if God has given you greatness, don't allow foolishness to, to take that away. Don't allow an idol to come in and say, well, I'm going to worship that now like the children of Israel. Forget that. You, you don't need that. What you need to do is hold on to the promises of God. Be aware. Be cool. And then also understand that no one else should or could contaminate the greatness and the grace and the mercy of God that he's given you. For those of you that are here, I'm sharing this series because of where our culture is going today. For those of you that are getting involved with that, listen, I'm, I'm fine with that. Hey, go for it. You get involved in, you know, the people and, you know, what about the, the Rasa and, you know, Black Lives Matter. And, okay, that's fine. Hey, that's cool. Go for it. Be passionate, but be careful in your madness. Be careful with that because the world's going to take you down a pathway of destruction. Because people always ask me, hey, pastor, how do you feel about, you know, the protests? Go for it. Protest all you want. I don't care. Put a sign. Yeah, go for it. You know, just, you know, just make sure that you're doing it in a passionate way, in a righteously indig indignation way. And not a, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to break your window. Now you're just angry. And now you're sinning. That's not God, Christ-like. Now we're going down a pathway of destruction. Now you need to be careful. Be careful when you start getting into those conversations with people and say, hey, man, I'm angry. Get angry with me. Be careful. Some of you, God has given you a great family. God's given you an awesome family. God's given you a great job. Don't let one person on a one foolish moment take away everything of what God has given you. That's your promise, not theirs. You're working the field, not them. Don't let them take it away. Bow your heads with me here this afternoon. Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for what you've done and what you're doing.